of We Talk Games, Pick of the Buck, and another episode of Schmuptember. I'm Kyle Von Kubik. Has it really been a week? It has been a week. It feels like it's been months Yeah. since I last spoke to you, but it hasn't. It has merely been seven days. And this uh, John, is John, yeah. John E. Capcom, sitting in for our, uh, our absent co-host. I don't know if he's ever coming back. Well, I mean, I haven't talked to him in a long time anyway, so... <laughs> I'm on the outs, I guess. I'm a scab, essentially, in his eyes. No, I don't think he feels that way about the situation. Uh, but it doesn't seem like there's an end in sight for this. So I guess October will be you and I as well. Oh, okay. I don't know what Stinky has planned for uh, October. And speaking of Stinky, he is overseeing uh, this week's show via an Oki Data microlined. 320 dot matrix printer. That's a pretty wiggly isn't room because he's the only one who get that joke. <laughs> so. You hear it whirling in the background. Uh, he's giving <laughs> okay. all sorts of tips and facts about this week's game. And let's not delay any further because planet Earth needs our help. This week's game is oh I, I forgot Keith LaRoche, but fuck him. Um, yeah. This Keith. week's game is Eco Fighters. Yes. Now we hinted about this last week. But between then and the seven days till now, I don't remember what our clues were. Mine was heart. He, oh, you know what? I think we did do the Captain Planet uh, yeah. gimmick. Yes. This was put out by Capcom in 1993. And guess what? It's a schmuck. Well, oh, yeah. <laughs> My notes here don't make a lot of sense. I just wrote uh, erection here at one point <laughs> and CNC Music Factory. Okay. I believe the erection thing is the continue screen. Yes, that's pretty funny. Uh, I think we should, we should build to that, though. Yeah. So, uh, it, well, it's the age of space development. I remember that much mm-hmm. in this game. And because of that, the uh, the environment is being turned to dirt. Like, uh, So there's some guy. Go Yoke? Yeah, he looks like Hakan's dad. Yeah, that, I like that. That works. Yeah. Uh, and he might be, because this is a Capcom game, and they're all kind of interweaved, like, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a shooter, but it's got kind of, like, the, the closest thing I've seen to it beforehand would be um, Forgotten Worlds. Okay, yeah, where, because of the multi-directional shooting. Yeah, you got three buttons. Uh, one in the middle shoots, and mm-hmm. then the, the the two either side rotate your cannon. Yeah. And you got the multiple pick. pick. You know, as I, I said to you before, it feels like one of the last three bullet hell style games you yeah know? it's it gets heavy at times but it's not it's not over the fence a bullet yeah. hell type of game it's very it's manageable and towards the later stages like any sort of arcade side-scrolling shooter it gets kind of cheap but the first few stages are very manageable and what you do is you have this spinning gun gimmick which Reminded me a lot of the Great Ragtime Show or Boogie Wings that we talked about. Yeah. Where you could whip something around. It's not so much uh, like a Morning Star, 
like it is in that game, it's your gun. So you're rotating it with the left and right rotation buttons and it's swinging around. And certain weapons that you pick up do treat the gun like a type of morning star where if you have it charged and it's powered up as it's hitting the enemies, it's killing them. In fact, there's even a lightsaber power up or something similar to it. You can park it as well. Like if the enemies are clustering underneath you, you can just put it down below, fire down at them and move around and stuff like that. So the weapon can stay stationary pretty much in a 360, uh, like the face of a clock, basically. Yeah, and if you're expert game players like uh, John and I, you'll pretty much figure out when you're supposed to switch the direction because it gives you a little bit of gap. You know, you have a rush of enemies coming towards you from the front, and then there's this weird delay, and then you know they're going to come from behind. So you, you quickly move the gun. And if I could give a pro player tip, now John and I legitimately went out and bought this cabinet but if you were to say emulate this game and you were to play it via a logitech uh, controller or a 360 controller on your pc if i could you might want to map the shoulder buttons for that rotation because i found that to be a lot easier than using the uh x y a b buttons on the right i'll be honest with you now i downloaded an illegal arcade cabinet oh to play this game but i burnt it after 24 hours so that's what you're supposed to do yeah yeah just destroy (laughs) your cabinets i've played this on a playstation 2 compilation disc the capcom classics collection back when they actually give you like 50 games on one disc before they start you know nickel and diamond yeah (laughs) yeah 15 dollars for rygar what the fuck yeah there's some executive now going you fucking idiots these (laughs) marks would have paid for them all separately (laughs) But uh, and those PS2 compilation discs, that's almost a genre on its own. Sure. Like, if you are in like a trip place or whatever, and you see one like the Midway Classics Collection or the Taito Collection, somewhere like get them. Oh yeah, you absolutely. Know? And that, nowadays you can find them used for like I don't know six or six or seven dollars, like real yeah. cheap, you know. And the value of it is you probably still have the system; it works just fine. And you don't need to download it on your iDevice because it's probably going to play like shit unless you got like an iCade. Whereas if you have the PlayStation 2 controller or an Xbox controller, it's a lot nicer. The Midway uh, collection on the Xbox, I remember being very good. And those Capcom collections were excellent. Yeah. They had uh, artwork from the games. They some I think the later ones even had some videos or a little bit of documentary. I have a couple and of them. The thing you can do as well is you can play them on a CRTV the way it's supposed to kind of be played, you know? Yes, yeah. Uh, the, the, the cool thing is, like, as well, not to go completely off topic, but on the very same compilation disc that Eco Fighters is on, I believe Quiz and Dragons is on there. Mm. And uh, instead of answering trivia about baseball from 1992, <laughs> you can unlock another version of where it does Capcom trivia instead. So oh, I, I didn't it, even know that. That's fantastic. Yeah, it'll be like, you know. That's timeless, too. Yeah, it's really cool. So it's all about questions about Mega Man and Street Fighter and Final Fight. So. That's very cool. And uh, it's, it's know, funny it, that you you bring up Mega Man because <laughs> the team from Capcom that developed Eco Fighters, aka Ultimate Ecology, which I love that name, Ultimate Ecology, <laughs> also worked on the Mega Man arcade titles, the Power Battles, and the Power Fighters. And those games are shit. But this uh, game is not <laughs> shit. <laughs> they put Doctor Wily in this game as well, kind of. Kind of, yeah. He's uh the, oh wait, you know what I have. Is uh, one of Stinky's facts about this game is that evidently uh, Doctor Molly is yeah. uh, the one referenced by Miley Cyrus that she enjoys dancing with, uh, dancing with Molly. 
Oh, okay. And she likes to put the stick up her thing and do a 360 and degrees as fuck well. a foam finger or something. Thank yeah. you, Stinky. Hashtag relevance. <laughs> Hashtag, when we're recording this, it's even dated. <laughs> yeah. Fucking NWO jokes in the next episode. <laughs> so, yeah. Dr. Wiley is in this, but he is known as Dr. Molly, and he is Sans the Mustache. And uh, we're going to add on some spectacles, but he looks very Mega Man-esque. He looks like he's from that universe. And he's um, prompting you before each stage on what's going on and uh, with the environment and how it's being ruined or, or polluted. And obviously, the most logical thing to do when the environment's being <laughs> polluted is to blow up everything you see. Yeah, I like the, the one where it says, save the fish. And then within seconds of the level, you are killing you're blowing every fish. Blowing away fish. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> away fish and turtles immediately. Now, this goes back to the thing. Now, they're not animal-powered robots, but they're robots shaped like animals. Yeah. So my question is, this Goyoke Corporation, if they're so bent on destroying the environment, why do they choose to mimic the – is it a disguise for the machinery? Because at the beginning of the stage, it's very clear that the the jungle is being deforested. You see um, cranes and backhoes and other types of construction equipment. But then the later stages, the things that you're supposedly saving, you're destroying because the robots look like the animals. Japan has a fascination with melding nature and uh, technology together. Yeah, I've never quite understood it. I mean, Sonic obviously is a famous example. Yeah. Uh, with the the animal powered robots and that Atlas game, you get Princess Dykesa or whatever. Princess Dykesa wasn't it? Was that her Dykesa? Yeah, I can't say it. That's why <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm letting uh, you take the torch on that one. If I had it written down, I could probably read it better. Unless we forget. We know from previous pro player tips where you read Japanese. Yeah, my incredible Japanese diction is you know it's it's incredible. incredible. Yeah, I can do it. Don't <laughs> Don't make me put on a fedora, okay? I won't. I will say this game, uh, it's about the environment and all that, but it, like most Japanese games at the time, it does manage to work a bit of sexism in. <laughs> all right, yeah, let's get into this. Just, you know, you're going to die in this game. It's not It's not an easy game. No. It's not an unfair game either, though. I will say that you can get good at it. Yes. You know, if you master the, the canon thing, you will be able to beat it. That's really, but, like, the crux of the game is being able to mitigate that cannon and twirling it around you becoming well, second I, nature to, to be good at this game as i'm saying though when you die you're treated to a comic book style uh end screen where different panels kind of come in yeah and it's the ship crashing and like it's uh it's going down and as the numbers go down and then you uh, you put the credit in and you press start and as the numbers are going down the ship's cannon is drooping and then <laughs> I guess it sees a giant woman because the ship is tiny next to the woman. Yes. Whoa, who's and, that? <laughs> yeah, who's that? This, this, this woman. And then the ship's cannon erects itself, shall we say. <laughs> and uh, you go back into the sky. Now, kids, so, you're going to want to die to see this, but you're going to have to hit start quickly because it doesn't give you much time to enjoy this. But trust us, you'll see this a lot while playing through this game. Yeah, it's uh, it's just it's outstanding the way these people they were there going, right, well, what's the message? Uh, well, we need to save the environment. Oh, okay, but fuck women, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, of course. Yeah. Let's get back to business. <laughs> <laughs> 
What's funny yeah. about this game, aside from that, aside from the ham-fisted misogyny, is yeah. um, it comes in an era, ni- 1993, which uh, here in North America, and, and maybe you can uh, make me hip to this too, but in the early 90s, it was a big thing in the public school system to push this environment agenda yeah. on kids and talk about recycling. Captain Planet was out, and there's a lot of feeling of Captain Planet when you're playing. It, it, this feels like the anime version of Captain Planet. The, if the Japanese saw Captain Planet, they're like, okay, we need to make our own characters. This is what they would come up with, misogyny and all. Um, yeah. But there was this big push in the early 90s about let's teach kids about acid rain. Let's teach them about deforestation. Let's teach them about the importance of recycling and things like that. So it's funny that a game capitalized on this. It's a good message. It's taking care of yeah. the environment. And, and, and But it, <laughs> let's cash in on this environmental thing by putting together an arcade cabinet that probably creates a larger carbon footprint. <laughs> Yeah, when it's dumped is, off in a, a site. The thing is, though, right? It became a business at a certain point, right? Mm. Oh, like, yeah. Ted Turner probably had good intentions when he uh, fucking did Captain Planet, like you know. Yeah. But then the merch came out, <laughs> and the zeros started stacking up, and Capcom and other companies like them probably just went, "Well, if these fucking idiots are willing to pay, you know, just so they can." feel good about fucking recycling or whatever. Right. Let's fucking, you know, let's, uh, let's make some money, like, you know. It was a cultural thing at that point. Like, you know, there was two things they tried to push on us in school. It was protect the environment and healthy eat. Right. And the fact that there wasn't, like, a Cubert revival with the food pyramid is fucking <laughs> prime. Like, you know? But back then, you couldn't get away from it, like, you know. No. I like remember Black Album. Doing presentations for like the Black Album. Yeah, it was another big thing from the early nineties. Like, yes, you know? yes. Now I remember having to do presentations in school about different groups would have different problems. So it would be like poaching or deforestation or acid rain, and they would have to get up and do like a little play. So this yeah. is what we focused on in third grade, which is why I'm bad at math today. Because we're too busy talking about stupid shit. You know how to separate your fucking plastics, though. Yeah, I I do know how to separate my plastics, which is why uh, during Earth Day on the We Talk Games Twitter, uh, we made it a point to say that here's a Captain Planet Tiger electronic game. It's still (laughs) sitting undecomposed in a landfill somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I remember, like, the acid rain thing you brought up there, right? That tended to be more... In the more developed parts of the world, right? I grew up in small town Ireland. Mm-hmm. So I remember a friend of mine, James, actually, he's here going, oh, yeah, acid rain is a thing. And I went, what? Am I going to go and get melted by <laughs> the rain? And he went, what? Not in Ireland. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that was our attitude back then. Of course, it was, you know, we were burning styrofoam and tires. Right, right, right. But uh, yeah, See, they didn't teach us that, that in school not to do that. So when we were all in middle school starting bonfires in the woods, <laughs> none of us thought a second about dumping the plastic Coke bottle into the fire or the styrofoam cooler into the fire. Oh, every Christmas shirt, my man, like burning all the fucking uh, decorations that are broken and the fucking <laughs> wrapping paper and going, look how cool the blue flames are. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's funny a- in here. Yeah. <laughs> well, our brains are developing holes and puffins are dying everywhere. Like, 
all right so back, all right back to the game so well, all you have business here, as usual let's be fair like you know yeah the, uh, so that's what i was gonna say is that there's not a lot going on that makes it interesting the theme makes it interesting there's uh, obviously the quirky japanese gimmicks that we like uh that we've talked about on previous games what i found that makes this game remarkable is i really like the music yeah the soundtrack is is pretty killer each level has a different theme, so there's no cycling through. It's just good 16-bit arcade music. And the other thing that stood out to me about this game were the environments. Not so much the enemies or the power-ups, because th- there's enemies that work for the environment, but n- there you see some repetitive stuff like the sunfish. That sunfish yeah. mini-boss you keep running into, it literally looks like a robotic sunfish. It's the first boss you see. In fact, another pro player tip... If you just start the game and you're unable to move because, let's say, your your new Logitech controller has been mapped to the game, so your ship's just sort of floating there, if you don't touch any buttons, you'll actually get up to that first mini-boss, and it'll take, like, 15 minutes for you to get killed. Well, if the, you just sit in one place. You, yeah, if you're in that position and just let the game go, it'll bring you all the way to the mini-boss, you'll survive, and... <laughs> It takes about 15 minutes for that mini-boss to get into a cycle where it can hit you. It's just something interesting. Is this one with the jewels? Yes, there's there's jewels jewels in in this this as well. Yeah, And uh, another another thing they do with the jewels is the enemies will have a diamond come out their back. Don't go after that diamond! (laughs) (laughs) Shoot it! Don't try to scoop it up. The whole game is training you to scoop up gems so you can increase the power of your shot. Yeah. And so when you get up to that first boss and you blow its head off and you see a big old diamond sticking out of its neck, you want to go after it. Don't don't go after it. It's completely counterintuitive, but you have to start shooting it. The boss diamonds that are like attached to them cannot be collected. I was going to say like you know you're talking about the looks of this game. What's weird is how they didn't indulge themselves all artistically almost. Some of the backgrounds are fucking depressing. Well, it's like landscapes of ruined fucking you know just as they say a dread sphere yeah you know where it's like it's just a a waste in some respects the city levels later on look better and the look cooler should i say yeah the space levels look good too yeah the space stuff was fantastic you know that actually reminded me well i guess the other game reminded me but like of uh super space invaders 95 mm-hmm. ha- had that kind of look the space diner look I'm pretty sure that is a space diner in the final level or something. I don't know what it is, but it has that feel because it has uh, it says go yoke in uh, neon and like a couple of letters are blown out. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I know you fight a Cadillac. (laughs) I don't want to spoil too much. I really did. I like the environments. I know some of the backgrounds. Yeah, showed like this sort of destroyed environment, but I thought it worked because evidently go yoke is killing the earth. Yeah. I did like the, speaking of acid rain, the acid rain level where you, you start above the rain and then you go underneath the clouds and then it's raining on you. I like those effects. I really thought the art for the environments were done really well. What I wished that was happening, which didn't, and 1993 really could have, was there wasn't much parallax happening in the background. No, no. I thought it was a missed opportunity to have a, you know, I don't know what the budget was. I, I don't know enough about the history of this game to know why they didn't choose to do it but i would have really liked it because i liked the art in the background i thought the backdrops were beautiful and it just struck me odd that 
a lot of games at the time were just 15 layers of parallax scrolling. <laughs> this <laughs> one didn't even have three. And it really could have used it because I, I think it would have jazzed up the environments a little bit more. The cool thing about parallax is it gives that hint of movement as well. You know, like it's the speed. Yeah. And that's why this game almost feels a little bit slow at times. I agree with you that. Know, yeah. A game that reminded me of, actually, if anyone hasn't played this, but maybe they have played Airzonk. Okay, reminded yes. me of that quite a bit, like you know, especially Toxy Toxy Land mm-hmm. in Airzonk. Like you know, I will say this: I prefer the look of Airzonk personally, because okay. I like a chunkier sprite. And that, uh, another detracting thing: it's not a big issue. I recommend the game to go out and play, but the explosion animation, yeah, it didn't fit. It looked like it was placed over. And there's actually another game we're going to talk about that has I had a similar uh, feeling, but that's next week. But the yeah. explosions in in this game it didn't feel like it was in the playfield layer. It felt like it was a layer laid on top. It just didn't blend well. I don't know if you felt the same way. It's almost like when uh, Bowser, in I believe one of the Super Nintendo games, he's so big he's part of the background. Yeah. Just a little disconnect there. Yeah, if you ever see a Super Nintendo game where you fight a boss and he's on a black background, it's because he is the background. Yeah. That was their go-around, especially with, I think it was Yoshi's Island. Yeah. With all the the scale and distort of sprites that happen in that game. Especially there's like that big goober that you fight where he shrinks and expands and everything with Mode 7. Yeah. He's on a black background. That's probably the best example I can give. When he's scaling back and forth, he's in the background, and then he's brought forward for the collision detection. It's cool. I think Jez San, one of the former guests of We Talk Games, talked about that a little bit. I'm giving uh, Eco Fighters a thumbs up for this week. I-, I recommend people going out and trying it. And John? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I'll say this. If you play it with a friend, it's actually a really fun two-player. I played this with a friend of mine called Spud, who's on another video game podcast called Hit Start Now. Yes, and, check um, them out, please. They they constantly give props to us uh, via Twitter. Yeah, I'd be remiss not to give it back. So definitely check yeah. out their show. It's a good show. It's fun as it's fun playing that two player. Like you know, uh, it's it's that mid period because like Bullet Hell became something at the end of the nineties, mm-hmm. whereas this is just before that, and you can tell. The technology has progressed beyond like the other stuff that came before, like Gradius and stuff. It's right. It's, it's getting there, and uh, it's it's a cool kind of in between game, and it's got that weird environmentalism nostalgia, like you know. Yes. So with that being said, here's this week's pro player tip. Magic suck will connect you. Magic suck. Hello, this is Tishka Honeypot with this week's Blow Blair Blip for Eco Fighter. Colin and John hit the nail on the head about the ecology being a hot topic in schools worldwide in the early 90s. In fact, Eco Fighters was actually created by a Japanese gamer who won a Capcom design a game contest. That's more of a pro player factoid. As far as your pro player tip goes, press up on the second player control stick 357 times before the press button screen comes up and Dr. Molly will be replaced by his wife, Tussie Scissor. I haven't been able to confirm if that tip actually works, but I'm assuming it does. And that's your blow blow your blip for September 22nd in the year of our Lord.
as per usual, uh, I sent along my dollar to John. Mm-hmm. John has his dollar. We're still mandated to do this. We don't even have single currency notes here in Europe. You got like a coin, right? <laughs> yeah, we got a, a one right. and two so, euro coin. So put a dollar, put an American dollar in a hat and a, a euro <laughs> coin in there. Shuffle around and pick out one, and uh, we'll see who the winner is this week. And while you're All doing right. the shuffling, I'll remind everybody to please go visit wetalkgames.com. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash WTG podcast. We're also on Twitter at wetalkgames. And if you want to send us an email, the only person you're allowed to send emails to is our uh, overlord, Stinky, and you can write him. At the address stinky at wetalkgames.com, and eventually he's going to get around to uh, reading or responding to these numerous emails that keep coming in, and he continues to ignore. I've picked the uh, the book, mm. and the winner is Kyle. Really? Yes, and uh, it's got a message on it. It says, Kyle is the winner. Was that long enough for you, Wiggly? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> All right, and here's T.T. Schmookins with her gimmick. Hello, I am Titty Schmookins. Here is next week's We Talk Games, Video Power Magazine, Pick a D-Buck, Arcade Game Audio Clue. Good luck, geeks. All right, everybody, that concludes another episode of We Talk Games, Pick of the Buck. For week four, one more week to go of Schmuptember. For We Talk Games, Pick of the Buck, I'm Kyle Von Kubik. I'm Johnny Capcom. Have a good week.
Uh, bullshit. Okay. No, you don't. <laughs>